there and welcome to I'm Crazy But You Can't Lock Me Up podcast with your host, Lindy Eldridge. I am thrilled and excited to be able to bring to you an array of guests that are going to be able to take you to the life that you want. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello there, everybody. In today's world, everybody is looking for some kind of plastic surgery, something to make us look and feel younger. Well, today you are going to hear from a woman that she's an author of a book that is called 10 Golden Rules for Safe Cosmetic Surgery. Michelle Garber is from California. She is the founder of Nip Tuck Coaching and the leader in consumer plastic surgery safety and patient advocacy. I am so excited to have her on because what she is all about is informing, educating us on what is the right things to do for plastic surgery? What is it that we should look for? And we, I am so blessed and honored to have her on today because she is the obvious expert that we have all been waiting to hear from. So without further ado, here we go. Michelle Garber, how are you today? Thank you for joining us on I'm Crazy, But You Can't Lock Me Up. <laughs> I love that title. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, I am crazy and you can't lock me up. Though some people maybe want to lock me up. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't want to lock you up. I want to share you with the world. Michelle. Maybe the doctors want to lock me up. Keep me well, quiet. Well, yeah, because you tell the truth, right? Because you tell the truth to people. And that's what this show is all about. It's about letting people know that there are experts like yourself out there that want to share the truth behind plastic surgery and what they really do need to know. You have been featured on so many different media outlets, whether it's medical, whether it's Fox, ABC, and I'm just thrilled and honored to have you on. You know, when I first heard your topic, which is Nip Tuck, I thought immediately of that show that used to be aired, that reality show, Nip Tuck. Love it. Wow. So now we get to go ahead and the world gets to know who you are. So Michelle, go ahead and tell your story. Oh, thank you so much. Um, well, be beautiful, not botched. That's, that's, one of my, that's one of my taglines because especially today, I think it's so important to really know what you're doing. You know, there's been a shift in plastic surgery since COVID. You know, beforehand, yeah, lots of people were getting surgery and people were talking about it, but then all of a sudden COVID hit. And with COVID, there became a Zoom boom as many people phrased it in plastic surgery because people were staying at home and they were looking at themselves on Zoom, right? So that started this whole Zoom boom of, oh, I'm on Zoom and all these filters, but I don't like the way my profile is. I don't like the way my nose is. Look at my double chin. Look at my sagging neck. And that just started this whole snowball effect. And what's interesting is, so the surgeons right now are super busy because lots of people are wanting surgery. They're marketing like crazy on Instagram, especially. People are booking surgery. I mean, right now, my clients, we're booking into 2022 in the spring, in the summer, in the fall. 
it's the Wild West. And, and I say that with um, a little bit of caution because I think because of everything going on today and all the marketing and people wanting it and wanting it now, this is not something that you make a quick decision on. This is not something that you see an Instagram post and you see some before and afters and it's like, oh, great. Okay. I want to do this. And then you have it done and hopefully you've gotten optimal results, but many times there's less than optimal results or you get a botched surgery or your expectations are managed and then you're not prepared for the recovery and things happen during recovery. I mean, I know many people that have wound up in the emergency room and they have had skin necrosis and they've had scar revisions and they've been sick and it goes on and on and on. And I don't want to scare your audience. You know, I love aesthetic medicine. I think it's incredible that we live in the world we live today. And there's so many opportunities. And, you know, if you don't want, you don't want surgery, there's other ways you can go about to rejuvenate your face, you know, with fillers and Botox. And there's so many different modalities and new fillers are always coming on the market. But even with all of that, you know, it's still, it's crazy out there because of you're being bombarded. There's always stories in the press about this surgery and that surgery and, you know, this celebrity and that celebrity and doing this and that and, and st starting even young. I mean, I, I know people in their twenties that are doing surgical faces, you know, um, that's not, that's really young. That's really, really young. I, I know of a surgeon who did a facelift on a 20 or something year old. I just think that's over the top personally. And lots of times when you start doing procedures early on, you start looking older. You know, I've had clients in their mid thirties that are ready for a facelift. Now that's a perception and but clearly if you take a look at them and compare their face to someone who let's say has never had any any fillers or any botox and is more of a virgin face compared to someone who has had a lot of things done and started early there's this little bit of an aging process that happens where they actually start to look older and you know, at 35 or 38 years old to have to have to feel that you need to have a full facelift, that's young. I mean, I think ideal age is in the 40s, but I, but that's really young, I think, for starting in your 30s now. Um, and prices have gone up, too. <laughs> prices have really gone up. So what used to cost $50,000 for, let's say, a facelift. So you could get a facelift for 15,000 years ago, 20, 25, 35. Well, today you're, you're looking at a range of somewhere between 30,000 and 200,000 plus. Now, I know that's, that is such an enormous range, but it's the fact and it really depends. You know, the surgeons that are out there that are celebrity surgeons, 
they're charging over $200,000 for facelifts and they're getting it, supply and demand. So got to really, really, really think this through and have a guide. I have a client who said to me, you you were the extra layer of protection that I needed so that I could do this journey and have optimal results but you were there to talk me off the ledge. I mean, not, not literally, but figuratively. And when I needed it and guide me to the right surgeon. And so what I do is so important and I've pioneered the plastic surgery coaching. The surgeons, when I first started doing this in 2012, they didn't have a clue what I was doing and really didn't understand what I was doing. So when you think about a life coach, when you think about a business coach, you think about a financial advisor, I mean, think about a stylist, think about all the areas in your life that you get guidance. This is one area that people don't even think about. Like they don't think, oh, plastic surgery coach? Hmm. Hmm. Is there someone out there that can guide me? That will be honest, that will be honest with me. Honest, unbiased. Yeah. I mean, look, I do this because I had a terrible, terrible time myself with a plastic surgery experience and the surgeon, less than optimal results, hang, you know, hanging out there alone, being not being supportive. And I've been in the industry over 25, 30 years. So it's not like I didn't know anything. It's not like I never had anything. I'm a, I started getting Botox in my 30s back be, right when it became FDA approved. I had fillers before they became FDA approved. I knew many doctors. I knew many of the technologies, but I made errors along the way when I decided to have surgery. Oh, a huge, huge errors. I didn't listen to my instinct, which was the biggest error. I wanna, I wanna ask your opinion on this because I lived in South Florida for a very long time. South Florida is just like LA. Everybody is having plastic surgery. It's just unbelievable. The scariest thing that I ever saw happen was Botox parties. And then you have these doctors that come in that can't even do surgery in their own country that they were either, their licenses were taken away. So they come here and now they're having Botox parties. And can I share with you that the death rate was so high because of the Botox parties. Now, I don't understand. I don't know why that is. I don't know what they were being injected with, but it was very scary. And people are gravitating towards Botox parties. Can we touch on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Botox parties actually used to be a thing. Um, I don't know if it's so much of a thing anymore as it used to be, but when doctors were having Botox parties, they would either sometimes have them in their office. Some doctors were even having them in a person's house or in a med spa or a salon, and they would come in and they would bring the Botox. Some of them would even do filler parties and you would sign a release and they would just inject, inject, inject. And most of the time, these, the doctors, at least the ones, the parties that I knew of, they were legit. 
and there were surgeons, there were plastic surgeons or dermatologists, or there were uh, medical ER doctors that were trained in Botox. You know, it comes down to making sure that you're an expert in what you do and that you're trained properly. There are, there are, you know, you can go blind with Botox if it's injected wrong. Um, there are ways you need to, you need to know what you're doing in order to have the equipment and whatever you need should there, should something go wrong. Um, so deaths from Botox, I'd have to know, I'd have to know more about the situation because that's very unusual unless they were not injected with Botox or they were injected in a vein or I don't know. I, I know that you know, people have died from various different cosmetic surgery procedures. Um, is it safe to go to a Botox party? Is, is that a question? <laughs> you know, I, I just want people to be aware, to be aware. I want yes. them to realize that when they hear about a Botox party or a filler party, that they know that they've really done their research on who is doing the injections. Well, that's the main thing. You, you need to make sure that if you were going to a Botox or filler party, that the individual who is injecting you is first of all, a medical doctor who has the experience and not a hairdresser. <laughs> you know, there have been cases where hairdressers are prancing around as doctors and yeah, and they're killing people. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, who is doing the party? Who is injecting? Is it a board certified plastic surgeon? Is it a board certified dermatologist? Is it a nurse injector? Nurse injectors are in registered nurses. Are they an aesthetic nurse injector? Are they a certified aesthetic nurse injector? Are they a physician's assistant that has been trained in fillers and Botox? You know, what is their training? Nurses can inject, physician's assistants can inject, MDs can inject. And the scary thing, and most people don't realize this, is that if you're a medical doctor and you've got an MD, legally, you can perform any surgery. Legally. Doesn't mean you're skilled. Doesn't mean if you're a gynecologist that you are skilled in an abdominoplasty, a tummy tuck. But legally, can you perform a tummy tuck? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so there are differences in the board certifications. You've got facial plastic surgeons, you've got plastic surgeons, you've got doctors that call themselves cosmetic surgeons, then you've got dermatologists. You don't, most people don't understand the trainings. They don't understand what the difference is between the trainings or that a facial plastic surgeon just works from the neck up. Mm -hmm. And that most facial plastic surgeons are actually double board certified as otolaryngologists. Took me a long time to say that. Those are, <laughs> ear, those are ear, nose, and throat doctors. So most of them are double board certified. 
um, which is different than a plastic surgeon that works on all body parts and not every doctor is equally trained or skilled. So it's a lot more complicated than going on Instagram and looking at before and afters and going to the doctor's website and looking at more before and afters and then going eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Okay, let me interview this doctor and all right, this sounds good and I'm going to sign here on the dotted line. It is so much more complicated than that. So now let me ask you your opinion, Groupon. Oh, forget it. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Because I'm hearing, oh my God, they had this special on Groupon. I went ahead and bought it. And I'm like, wait a second, what are you doing? This is you, this is your body. This is your face. This is your, your everything. So share your, your voice about Groupon. Never. There are many practices out there that run specials that are perfectly legit. And those are practices that maybe you've gone to that you know, and they have specials, especially around the holiday time. But to buy a Groupon or coupon from an unknown doctor, you know, the only reason why a doctor, this is my opinion, would be using Groupon is that they need patients and, or that they are, yeah, no, that they need patients. It's basically, that's basically the, the best reason. And today with what's going on, cause we're still in this zoom boom. I don't know any doctor that really needs patients right now. You know, they're, they're turning patients away because they yes. are so busy. They can't handle it, but do not buy a Groupon or coupon, any discount from any doctor that you see advertised like that without really doing the research and making sure that this is a legitimate offer and a legitimate doctor. Also, med spas. I don't like med spas, especially chain med spas, because their business model is based on a retail business model. There was just an article in the Wall Street Journal about LASIK and about laser vision correction and some of these um, companies that all they want to do is sell, 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 sell. It's the same thing with, some, with chain med spas. They are really not looking at patient care and safety issues. Their whole motto is sell, sell, sell. You do not want to go down that road. That is not definitely not the way to go. Got to be now, so careful. Do you help people all over? Can they reach out to you? Can they hire you as the expert consultant to make sure that they know exactly what they're getting involved in and making sure that this is something that they really want? Do you work with people all over the world and how would you do that? Yes, I do. I work with people all over the world. And we do Zoom consultations. And when I work with people, the very first thing we talk about is the why mm. and the aesthetic goals. I, I really believe after all my experience, both personally and professionally, that plastic surgery needs to be looked at differently, it needs to be looked at holistically that it's a mind and body and spirit. It really is because how you feel about your body is going to affect what you do, 
It's going to affect the results. If you're not prepared, both mentally and physically, it's going to affect your recovery. It's not just the physical aspect going under surgery. So when I work with people, we talk about, okay, the why, and we talk about different options, and we talk about aesthetic goals. You know, everyone has their own aesthetic goals, and every surgeon has his or her aesthetic look, right? Not all, not all surgeons think this is beautiful or that is beautiful. They have their own aesthetics, so to speak. A lot of surgeons are sculptors or painters. And, and so you need to make sure that your aesthetic goal matches your surgeon's aesthetic goal and that you're both on the same page. So we go through that. In fact, what I sometimes suggest to my um, clients, depending on what body part we're talking about, is concept photos really need to be able to articulate to the surgeon what you're looking for and pictures of the best way. So I recommend, you know, putting together a folder of different photos. You know, I, I work with a lot of men, surprisingly, yes, men. And when men are looking for jawlines, because that's a big thing today is the jawline, and, you know, they come to me with, with uh, Tom Cruise and different, and different celebrity jawlines or model jawlines. And that is really great. They know that they're not this person, but it's a good way to talk about what is the look that they're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so I recommend that to most of my clients, especially with rhinoplasties, um, even with facelifts, even with some breast dogs, it's just a good way for you too to kind of sift through everything out there and then looking at before and after as we talk about that with a fine tooth comb and I give tips on how to look at before and afters and what to look for. And um, so once we get through all that, then I do like a medical match with a surgeon and okay, who's gonna be the best surgeon for this, this client or this patient? I mean, what if, what if the best surgeon is a surgeon that's charging $150,000, $200,000? Maybe this person just can't afford that. So now we've got to go and let's, let's talk about the different skill sets and the different surgeons and the different prices and who's gonna be good match for you that you feel comfortable and you feel confident with and it's a process and it sometimes takes three to six months to really go through everything and then and then we have the consultations and sometimes I go with them to consultations and the doctors are on their best behavior when I go with them um, and then we come back and we talk about the consultations and what the doctors are wanting to do and how much it's gonna cost and how you're feeling about it. And then we also go through the nutritional aspect. I'm um, currently studying to functional nutrition, which taps into functional medicine. And um, I'm really excited about that because I'm gonna be able to bring a platform of nutritional counseling uh, as well to my to both the surgeons but also to my clients because again I said this is a holistic approach and what you feed your body 
you know, you may have things going on in your body that's going to affect how you heal, but you aren't even aware of that. So depending on how far you want to go with this, but at least the baseline. So we know, do you need any extra supplements? Because I always go through supplements and, you know, what, let's look at your blood work and some surgeons don't even require blood work because healing is, is critical. It and is that's what I want. I want to touch simple. on because we're coming to a close. So um, I want to talk about the healing process, right? And what they have to make sure that they do to make sure that they're healing properly after they have this kind of reconstruction surgery of whatever that is. And um, I introduced you to the Cuddle Me Love Body Pillow because we had a long discussion on making sure that their rest is good, that they're sleeping properly, that their, their body is comfortably positioned when they're sleeping. So before we close off, I want to go ahead and touch on the healing process with you. And then I'm going to ask you for your last words of encouragement. And everybody, Michelle's information is right below on this podcast. You will be able to click and do your research and get in touch with her. But let's go ahead and talk about the healing process to make sure, because I love how you talk about the nutrition aspect of it and everything else. But now let's zone in on now it's time for you to heal properly. Yes, healing is healing is starts before your surgery. And so as I as I touched on, you know, it's important to discuss this with your surgeon about the healing process and also to look at extra supplements that you your body needs, protein that your body needs, hydration that your body needs, anti-inflammatory foods that your body needs and also as i said the supplements to help with the healing and the bruising and your inflammation that your body's going through and resting the resting is is key don't plan you may feel good three four days after and then you start doing things you're gonna have a setback so resting is really really important and i love your body pillow because I also do some aftercare for, for some of my clients. You know, one of the things is, is you're lying in bed and you need to be propped up and depending on what body part you've had surgery, but you want to be comfortable in, in bed. You want to have a pillow under your, under your knee for circulation. You know, you want to have pillows on the side so you don't roll over. Some surgeons want you to sleep at an angle. Some want you to sleep fat flatter, which just really depends. But it's just so important to be comfortable and have everything that you need for recovery. And I am really a strong believer in hiring a professional to help you with aftercare. I really am, you know your family members, God forbid, you've got something go on, they're not going to know what to do. They're not going to know what to look for. They may not be able to deal with any blood and, and body fluids and bruising and whatever. But if you have someone there that does this all the time, then you're, especially the first 24 hours, then you're in good hands because you don't want to wind up in the emergency room. You know, you need to make sure you're doing your fluids, you're on pain meds. 
I mean, lots of stuff can happen. So recovery, just understand and be prepared. You know, it's like the old Girl Scout motto, be prepared. I just say over and over again, you must be prepared for your surgery because I see this all the time where patients are not prepared enough for their surgery and then they have the surgery and they have no idea what they've gotten themselves into. So yeah. it's, it's so much more complicated. Well, I do appreciate you being on. I'm crazy, but you can't lock me up. I appreciate your words of wisdom, but more importantly, I appreciate your expertise that people can reach out to you. They do need you as far as I'm concerned, because there's such confusion out there and you're here to help them understand from the beginning to the end, how this is all going to affect them. So thank you so much. You're such an angel. Oh, thank you. Yes. And I have nothing to sell them. <laughs> you know? Hey, you just, just want to safety and education and support yeah. and guidance. And that's amazing. So everybody, I want you to click on her links below. I want you to educate yourself, but more importantly, go ahead and get in touch with her, have a Zoom meeting with her. I think that what you're going to find is a comfort and reassurance that everything is going to be okay when you enter this world of plastic surgery and you're not alone and you are really talking with somebody that cares about you and is not looking in your pocketbook. So yeah, <laughs> Shell, thank you so, so much. Michelle, any last words of encouragement or anything that you'd like to share with the audience before we go? Yes. Think of this as coming from a place of self-love. You need to love yourself first. Any surgery is not gonna make your life better or happier. You know, love yourself first, and then you can do enhancements. Wow, that was powerful. Self-love, everybody. Self love yourself, and then everything else will come into play. Thank you so, so much, Michelle. It's time to say goodbye to our audience. And thank uh, you. Hi, thank you. Thank you. You're a doll. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for joining me, Lindy Eldridge, and my guest on this episode of I'm Crazy, But You Can't Lock Me Up. Please download, share, and follow me. And I promise your next episode is going to be just as inspiring as this one. Take care. Bye-bye for now.